0: Hi guys, welcome back. Hello, 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 how are ya? Hello, hello. (laughs) Okay, so we have some exciting developments in the world of SOS. First of all, we're instigating a new segment. It's not a segment that comes in every episode. It's a once a month segment and it is called Going Rogue. Going Rogue. And this is the first (laughs) one and basically what this is. Um, So this is our first one today. But from here on out, it's going to be the last Monday of every month is going to be our Going Rogue episode where Alyssa and I just kind of branch out from the tradition, our like normal SOS formatting and talk about whatever the hell we want for a minute. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to be like, I mean, not to say it's it's
1: our, it's our thing. Like we want to get to know people and like all the different kinds of people that we interview. Like we're so lucky to get everyone's point of view, but sometimes we just want to like shoot the shit and talk about conspiracy theories and 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 sex
0: (laughs) right and like being boxed you know our we're not in a super boxed in genre but we do you know our whole point of this podcast is sos and examining people's sos moments and how they got themselves out of them and move forward in life and that is our main thing and then we were like, well, we're still just a bunch of like goofball nerd weirdos. So once in a while we should allow some space for that. <laughs> I love that. Um, goofball so, nerd yeah. weirdos. Curfball, goofball. goofball. I just said goofball. <laughs> <Girfball. laughs> um,
1: I am one drink in on this podcast, guys. Uh, Molly, where are you at? Well,
0: I already had a glass and a half of wine. So, yeah, me too.
1: I'm drinking and- Razzicello. Shout out to my dad who makes his own limoncello. Ooh, I'm drinking fancy.
0: it. <laughs> and for Alyssa, as we all know, it takes like two sips.
1: <laughs> yes, it's true. It takes two sips and I'm gowned, but I'm this is my second so, drink. So yeah, <laughs> I'm up, really baby. amazed. That you're um,
2: still well,
1: basically, to not veer off to why we're here, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be interviewing a very dear friend of mine. We've been friends for like, I think 10 years, I have to ask him. But uh, he's uh, from New Jersey, from where I was raised, where I went to school, you know, where my streets are at. (laughs) And um, yeah, he's he's someone that uh, I've been keeping in in close contact with, especially during the pandemic. Like we just have each other's backs whenever we're feeling anxious and Ryan the same. Uh, They make music Mm -hmm. together a lot. And he's just so funny. He has a lot of really funny and interesting points of view on dating, whether it be uh, pre-pandemic, whether it be during the pandemic and like all the shit that we kind of do um, as weird, single, as weird, weird girth balls, (laughs) balls. (laughs) single girth balls. (laughs) Um, And like me and Molly, we're not single, but like. You know, so we wanted to talk to talk to a single little little mutant to give well, us Well, and insight. I'm all
0: a little mutant. I'm also really interested in just like, there are pervasive falsehoods mm-hmm. that straight men think about what women want or what they're supposed to be like on a date, and it's like ridiculous some of the things that men believe women want and so I'm kind of I mean I don't know this is my first time meeting Joey obviously Alyssa's known for a long time but very anxious to hear um just you know what a where the hell white straight single men are coming from because I don't get it I don't get it (laughs) I don't get you guys like um
1: yeah I have a girlfriend that's always on the apps and she just tells me the craziest stories and I'm like what the hell but then Joey will tell me stories and I'm like well what's wrong with women so we're gonna get to the bottom <laughs> yeah, of no, this every...
0: crap. Sure. all right uh, and so yeah this yeah. is def this is officially our first going rogue episode so from now on you guys can look forward to those with us
1: maybe or not or, not. or you'll
0: be like that's the one i'm gonna skip every month let us know on at sos pod if you like it <laughs> um all right so without further ado let's bring on joey Welcome, Joey, to the pod. Uh,
3: yes, hello, SOS. It's Let's ha- hit the ground running. Here. Yay. Oh, <laughs> yes, See, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank
0: you. for. It's been a
3: pleasure well, already. it'll be a pleasure. All,
0: two, all two seconds
1: of it. Yes. Yeah, I want to reiterate to our audience that we, because uh, obviously in the intro I said this, but I am drinking and I want everyone else to peer pressure. Uh-huh.
3: Is that a margarita?
1: No, it's my dad's limoncello. He makes his own limoncello.
3: Oh wow, cordial copies. So it's a ratchello, guys.
1: Uh wow, check that's... out my dad's Instagram at, at ernie.razano
3: <laughs> Where he makes his own leavoncello.
1: <laughs> Anywho, uh, I am so happy to have Joey here. Oh, we've been Lord. talking about we've been talking about mm-hmm. having him on. Like like I said, like me and Joe, we just like shoot the shit a lot and we talk about men and women and dating and all yeah. the shit that like we go through, but I say we to be nice, but, like, haven't been single in a while. (laughs) So I love to hear Joey's
3: stories. You know what's funny is that I've talked talked about this with you before, is that I feel like we've gone through pockets where we've been close and then we haven't talked so much, just not for any particular reason, just because distance Mm -hmm. happens, right? And then when I was out in L.A. in February, we sort of reconnected, you know. And and from there, even before the global crisis, We kind of me, you and your husband got really close again. And it's been like a real it's been a real stress relief for me genuinely to sit and just kind of air out shit that like my friends are sick of me on the East Coast (laughs) because I talk about, you know, like they don't want to hear about my girl problems or dating problems or things like that. So it's nice to have (laughs) somebody else to talk to, you know what I mean, to check in with at Mm -hmm. three o'clock in the morning you know, in my boxers on my bed, you know, um, and just talk about stuff that like, frankly, my friends don't want to hear about anymore.
1: Well, do you, do you find it easier to talk to women about it? I mean, like besides like Ryan's not a woman, but do you find it easier?
3: It's, it's a good question. I, when it comes to like, well, you know, the answer to this, because when I, when I, when I'm trying to get sort of a women's lens or a women's perspective on something, if I feel like I'm reading a situation wrong, you're the first person that I call you know, so thank God, because there's some, other
1: options. And I don't like it.
3: Well, I think that sometimes I feel like I mean, I've talked to my mom about it, too. But like my mom is almost 70. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And at this point, she wouldn't care if I married a stripper. You know, like she's just wants <laughs> yeah. children. She wants right. grandchildren. So right. it's like but it's nice to get a perspective of somebody that's a little bit younger than me um, when I'm going through troubles of trying to figure out how to how to go about a situation, you know, mm-hmm. to get that that female lens. Molly. Yeah.
2: That's right.
1: That's we right. Well, we want to I, also kind of like give context to like why we're having you on. I'm like, you're obviously a very talented actor, very talented oh, writer. Um, a really but you good also,
3: bartender and an excellent waiter who's currently unemployed.
1: Same. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers to that, ladies and gents. Yes. But um, you also are, are rich in having stories and rich in storytelling. And uh, we just have to have your brain on a talk about all this stuff, but to give our audience context, like how long? I mean, how do you are you comfortable <laughs> saying your age? Do you care?
3: Yeah, I don't know why people get so uncomfortable about that. I'm 39. <laughs>
0: I know. Oh, everybody right? gets Yeah, well, that's fine. I'm, so like how long have you been single and or messing with online dating? Just so people have context for like how yeah, much experience?
3: Um, I'm thirty-nine. Uh, I uh I just turned 39, July seventh.
0: Ooh, happy late birthday! Thanks, Alyssa mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. and Ryan. A cancer. Didn't, happy ha-
3: birthday! Didn't text me, but yes, that's what we, did. <laughs> yes well, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, right. we did. Rude. The um, day after, but <laughs> right. I'm 39. I've been uh, single for almost. It'll be four years in in February. I was actually almost married. I was engaged. um oh. to someone, and we're friends now. It's all good. She's. In a great spot. She's a nurse. She's amazing. She's good, really good people, as my mom would say. But it just didn't work out. We both Mm -hmm. went in different directions. And so 2017, that was. So it'll be four years in February that I've been single and kind of in the dating game and kind of not.
0: Okay. That's like a healthy amount of time because I feel like, obviously, it was a serious relationship. And it's not like we're catching you like six months out of that. Like, fuck women. And also, all I want (laughs) to do is fuck women and blah, blah, blah. You're like... Probably at a more, like, settled place in terms of, yeah.
3: Yes, definitely past that that stage. And also, (laughs) like, I think that it kind of, I was thinking about this last night because I was a little nervous thinking about what I was going to talk about with you ladies. But it's interesting, (laughs) like, I feel only now, like, I needed, I dated her for almost four years and I feel like I needed four years of building back. Myself and and kind Mm -hmm. of finding my own autonomy and independence and kind of being Reconnected with myself and the things that I sort of put on hold that sometimes Mm -hmm. you do put on hold when you date somebody Whether the relationship is healthy, whether it's not chances are you're gonna go through an ebb and flow of both Yeah, but I went through a really it was really traumatic, you know, like the closer Mm -hmm. the wedding got that You know like that cognitive dissonance like I would go towards something that I knew kind of in my heart wasn't working and so mm-hmm. that first year out was a little rough, as uh, as yeah. you put it, Molly, a little bit as far <laughs> as kind of like figuring out what I want and and dating and then not dating and mm-hmm. and going online obsessively and incessantly and and being very hypersensitive to things and hyper dating almost. And mm. now it's just kind of like I feel very calm and very kind of yeah, at more peace like rooted in I who want. you
0: are. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Were you
1: and were you did you like join like how long did it take for you to like get in the app world because I don't that was before you and And your ex too, right?
3: What like just like like like
1: tinder was around before
3: well like you know what I in like the four years I always have this thing that I say that I don't even know if it's completely accurate, but like I usually Go on a dating site between in these four years that I've been single I'll go on a dating site probably three to four weeks a year like, I'll, I'll give it three or four weeks, but I think this is the mm-hmm. manipulative thing, especially that men do. Instagram is a dating site, no matter what anybody <laughs> says. No, it's true. Like men, oh not all men, men well, but men a lot of men and women. But, but men, <laughs> I'm a man, You you use it sort of as a dating site sometimes where like. There's been moments in in these 4 years where I would know a woman on the peripheral in the art scene, respectful, we're friends or whatever, but I don't really know her know her, right? Mm-hmm. But I know her enough to feel comfortable to DM her. Like, "Hey, that art right. show looked really good," or "Oh my god, I've been to Aruba too." But, <laughs> but it's it's the intentions that are sort of false mm-hmm. there, right? And mm-hmm. and I feel like I had to to get through some of that, which was a little bit messy full disclosure to get to a point that now I know what my intentions are. You know, like on dating sites, similar to Instagram, it's just like your own personal website of, of the shit that you want people to know about you, to, this mm-hmm. polished version of yourself. Right. Let me, this is who I am. I'm an actor. I'm a writer. I have a great family life. I'm, I'm in the middle of the Bahamas. I have abs. I have all this stuff. <laughs> so it's not that much different. Like there really yeah. isn't a difference between, for me, Bumble and Hinge and Instagram it's all mm. just a trash feed of of fake positive shit sometimes that you want yeah. to show people
0: well and then you're also selecting who they show you in the sense of like aren't you selecting your age range as far as people you want to date you're like setting filters for that before they even show up to you correct
3: for, before you even see <laughs> these people Molly it there, there's like All as a great way to put it. You have, we have, in our generation, so many filters to begin with, especially if you're single, before you really want to connect with somebody. You know, it's like we live in a maybe culture. You know, everything is maybe when you're dating, like if you're Mm -hmm. single, like maybe you're interested, maybe you're not. Maybe you swipe through 50 people. Maybe you'll go to work. Maybe you'll start yoga today. Maybe you'll move Mm -hmm. to California. Maybe you'll do this. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll do that. Maybe I like this guy. Maybe I don't. Maybe we'll go out for coffee. And, and for me, what's dangerous as an internet addict, I mean, I'm averaging anywhere between six to nine hours of screen time a day on my phone. And chances are you might be too. You know, I mm-hmm. think that there's a fantasy that I start to concoct in my head about who this girl is, who I want this girl mm. to be. And then I meet them and they get spinach stuck in their tooth and I'm fucking done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm, s- I'm done. I'm just like that, you know, or like they're not that person that you concoct so, and it's dangerous.
0: But what if, what do you ever flip the script on yourself and think like, does it cripple you when you're in front of them? Because you you're like, oh, my God, they have this like image of me that I'm not. And I have to because you ha- you're admitting like mm-hmm. you have that of them. Do you also go into it like, oh, they think I, I can't show them this side of me because they think I'm this.
3: Absolutely. I think that whenever and I can only speak for. For men right but it's like mm-hmm. I have several friends that are male that do this thing where it's like they'll, they'll meet a girl online or they'll date a girl that they meet from Bumble or tinder or Instagram and then they're completely like unimpressed or let down as if like you're a fucking king right but when that yeah. reverse happens and a girl like it happened to me recently like a girl is sort of let down maybe by who you are you know mm-hmm. like we were texting a lot We were on Hinge, which I think is a little bit more Mm adult-like from what I've gathered. It's like, I know what my intentions are now. And Hinge, it seems Mm -hmm. like the the women that I've talked to as well. Like, it's very, for me, it's been transparent. I've had some nice dates. And there was one person in particular, I was like, wow, this is really nice. Like, kind of connected, fellow counselor. Like, I was a school counselor for a while. Oh, cool. Um, But then I got kind of ghosted. I got a little dose of my own medicine, Molly. (laughs) (coughs) And it I'm really good a, at that too. You know, and what happens? Like in our generation, you get upset for two days, and then you move on, right? Right. But it goes to show that how important it is to be aware of your intentions
2: mm-hmm. when
3: you're dating and be and be complete and be as transparent as possible. And at yeah. 35, I probably wasn't. And at 25, I probably wasn't. But at 39. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other way to be, to be perfectly honest. And I'm not saying that to try to be a good guy. It's just that that stage of where I'm at right now.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not desperation. Like, what else
3: else would you call it? I think that during a pandemic, I did go through waves of it being desperation. I think that I've always had this thing since I've been little about a desperation to connect because I've been an artist and I've been very curious and I've always had fantasies of things and girls and lives. And like, my head is always in a million places. And I think all of that got really heightened during coronavirus to the point mm-hmm. that like, I looked around and I was like, well, you know, Alyssa has Ryan. A lot of my friends are dating somebody. You know, my one boy, Paulie, comes over. We watch movies every night, but there was definitely Wait, that, that is heightened such sense a Jersey of, name. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Paulie. but there was a def- there's definitely been a spike in a, in a heightened sense of of loneliness for me and and a desperation to connect and I'm not ashamed to say that. I think that mm-hmm. we all are desperate to connect. I mean, we are on look at what we do on Instagram. Right? <laughs> right. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, like we are yeah. desperate to connect all the time. So, I think that the single life and dating just adds that other layer. Yeah. For me, yeah.
1: for me. When do you think like our generation, maybe like you specifically, like became an internet addict? And do you think there's ever a way out of it?
3: You know, I was I was looking at this before. It's funny you said that because I was trying to look. I don't have a PowerPoint like we talked about, like, um, but <laughs> but I do. I was I was looking at this. I was like, well, maybe maybe. I'm not an internet addict, right? And then I looked and said, you know, uh, exhibit signs of preoccupation with the internet, which means thoughts about previous (laughs) online activity or anticipation of the next time you're online. So I said, yes, that's me. Use of the internet in an increasing amount of time in order to achieve satisfaction. Yes, that's me. Repeated (laughs) unsuccessful efforts to control or cut back or stop internet use. Feelings of restlessness, moodiness, depression, irritability, (laughs) when attempting to reduce the use of internet or when I go on too long, me, 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 me jeopardizing or <laughs> uh, at a risk or a loss of significant relationships and mm. career opportunities potentially because of internet use. Also, do you think
1: me. But really, do you think because of internet use?
3: I think that Is there's that times where I don't, When it, when I say affect my career, I mean, there's times where I sit down and I say, I have to finish five pages of a play. And then I blink my eye and I've been on Instagram for four hours and I have to go to work. So in that sense, it affects your ability, your job productivity. That's true. Right. And um, the last one was use of the Internet as a way to escape problems or to relieve a dysphoric mood or a feeling of hopelessness, guilt and anxiety or depression. All me. And chances are all both of you at some point, too. So for me, Mm -hmm. it started back in that generation of like beepers. Right. Like when I first got a beeper. (laughs) You know, at 39, it's interesting because we were on the cusp of like the AOL chat rooms and instant messengers even Mm -hmm. before MySpace. So like we kind of remember the world without the Internet. But at 12 or 13, at that very impressionable age, we got to a place where it was like, oh, shit, like this is a whole other world that Mm -hmm. we can go to. And so it started for me then. It started with that. It started with pornography it started with calling 800 Mm -hmm. and 900 numbers like when i was really young like this (laughs) whole thing of like oh my god there's all these worlds i can get to that i might not be allowed to go to
0: and that you can be anonymous in
3: and i could be anonymous in which makes me want to do it even more and then Mm -hmm. you blink your eye and at 39 you're like well what do i my my friend paulie goes you know back in the day people would say like what was your what are your your hobbies like oh i go fishing or i do yoga now it's like (laughs) oh the internet (laughs) <laughs> like the internet is your hobby. And so like, I look back at the last 20 years of my life, besides like brushing my teeth and going to the bathroom and like working out, it's a part of my life now.
1: Are you completely resigned to it? Or do you want like lately to change?
3: No, I, I feel like lately because of the pandemic and because of like personal issues and family issues and things that have come up during COVID, I'm sure you ladies can understand, like get this concept of like, When you're in a time of distress, civil unrest, when the shit hits the fan and the chips are down, you really kind of see in your life who is valuable, who rises Mm -hmm. to the occasion with Mm -hmm. you, you know, who is willing to work with you. The conversations that you could have that are tough, especially since George Floyd. Right. Mm -hmm. But somehow something happened for me where I felt like the Internet became too much for me, like things turned on me
2: you know, and like, Mm -hmm. I became
3: way too hypersensitive to everything and everybody. Yeah. Right. And so since like the middle of July, I've kind of been off Instagram, you know, and I feel better, you know, like, I feel Mm -hmm. like I, I I put a lot of pressure on myself. I think especially after, you know, like, Melissa knows this, but for a while, I was like stupid, funny videos like, oh, I locked my keys in my car. Or my mom will yell at me like, Joey, you're still single. And like <laughs> we're as artists, we're creating a brand. Right. And mm-hmm. that's where the Internet can be effective. Right. But somehow, like I'll equate it to like a one of my favorite, you know, um, Malcolm X quotes, like eventually those chickens come home to roost. And like for me, like those Internet chickens came home mm-hmm. to roost and like things turned on me. And like I didn't know. What to do. I didn't know who I was. Like my identity got lost between dating and Instagram and the civil unrest and mm-hmm. virtue signaling and not virtue signaling and right. empathy and knowing who I am and arguments and going on forums and looking at people's comments and I'm like, I had a panic attack. I had like a panic attack. Mm-hmm. It's
0: like it's very and ironic because like your identity gets lost in the act of trying to prove your identity so much.
3: Yes. Yeah. And it's like, um, especially especially when there's much needed civil unrest. And mm-hmm. this, is the, this is one of the things that younger millennials do right. One of the many things, but one of the things which is bringing up those awkward conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that what happened, one person reached out to me because I curate a lot of art shows in town and, and it was a, a younger girl. And she said, you know, I hope that you're shedding light where it needs to be shed. And it kind of got me into a place of, like, uh, on the internet, she meant,
2: Mm -hmm. And
3: it got me, like, really anxiety-ridden because it put me in this place. Well, listen, Joey, like, you have your sort of comedy, funny personality online, and you're online a lot. Mm. So where do you stand when it comes to these other things? Mm. Right? So, and that's important. But at the same time, I'm like, wait a minute. I've been a school counselor in Patterson for seven years. I, I, I've been an advocate. I, I, I empower the youth. I've worked Mm -hmm. with children mostly in the inner city for almost a decade. Mm -hmm. I've gotten the jobs, I've done the things. So it's like, how do you know that I'm not doing things?
1: Yeah. And we, we've talked about this too. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like, you know, you, you don't know. And that sucks because we'll put that judgment on that person. But at the same time, it's like, We have these fucking platforms, no matter how small. And it's like if you're presenting yourself in that in a way of like, I give a fuck, and this is this is me giving a fuck, then it could persuade someone else who doesn't give a fuck
3: to give a fuck. I completely I I completely agree. A hundred percent. That's what you do it for. You in hopes. Yeah.
0: And I also think like, while admittedly, I think any intelligent person could admit like I don't know what anybody on Instagram is doing off Instagram. If I only see them on that platform. However, I do know when I go to someone's page and I can't tell if they're doing anything about it mm-hmm. or saying anything about it. So it's one thing where like, that's where I think people have a responsibility where like, I don't feel the need to call out people because I, I, because I claim to know how they live their life outside of Instagram. But what I do understand is that you are active on Instagram And you have a following. And when I go to your page, I ask my I have these questions like, what do you even do anything? And I don't want anyone to go to my page and wonder if I do anything or not. And it's not for other people. But in the like Alyssa said, like to spread that awareness, because I think to a degree, yeah, our online life isn't our full life. But Mm -hmm. I think because of how big the Internet is now and in all of our lives, I think um uh, responsibility comes with that. Like you said, we all have our own personal websites <laughs> and then like m- multiples of them. If you have different Instagram platforms or you have the dating sites, you know, it's like, you're just, we have all these advertisements for ourselves. So it is a little weird if nobody advertises their beliefs, but it's like, yeah. And
1: like, it's in that contrast too. Cause we are just talking about like the, how we're presenting ourselves online and like that black box, that black and white selfie, it's just like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Most people think that's just fucking enough. So it's like,
3: you know, it, it, you know it's, a weird it's like thing what's is,
1: better. Yeah, uh, it's I, think
3: so. that, I think that this is a thing that I think that all <clears throat> points are relatively valid. I think that what people don't do any as much anymore, especially maybe younger ki- kids, but everybody is like, if you have questions about things like this, like to get people in front and center, face to face, over mm-hmm. coffee or through a podcast like this and hash those things out and talk. I think that it's a really... It can get into a very toxic place, at least for me, if I go down that K-hole of like, just for me, like, what do people think? What don't people think? Like, when a lot of this happened, you know, I sort of went dark with certain people that I know didn't stand for what I believe in. Mm -hmm. And maybe, just maybe as a person that has a master's in counseling and multicultural counseling and who has been an adjunct and a teacher and a counselor, like, maybe I shouldn't have went dark on those people at first. Maybe that, that was an opportunity for me to To sit and talk with those people Mm. about what Mm -hmm. they think and what I think because it it can't just be through the internet you know know. like like gauging like and then the other side of it is like people that I know that are are very active in civil rights online Mm -hmm. but I but I also know that you're a drunk coke head so (laughs) hold on so where's that post you know what I mean and it's Mm -hmm. like that same thing with like I think it's one of the questions you had, like, you know, what are things that make you sick about couples or whatever, yeah, yeah, or people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, let's post. here's me and my fiance, uh, during uh, a, a white people brunch in Silver Lake, we're eating avocado omelets, but 15 minutes before that, we got into a fight while trying to park the fucking car. Where's that post?
2: <laughs> yeah, And, and exactly. so like,
3: what happened for me is that everything became sensory overload for now. Where mm-hmm. I, I, I just had to step back where I'm like, you're kind of full of shit. And you're kind of not. Yeah. So
0: do you think that like in turn for online dating has this, this, what we're talking about with the internet bled into, do you find now when you go on the first date with someone you met online, do you find yourself already assuming that they're full of shit?
3: No, you know, it's funny. And that's a good question. I really... I feel like in my late 20s, when I was at like my peak of being narcissistic and egocentric and like I was touring with my band a lot, I was working a lot as an artist. I I, mm-hmm. I was very much a brat and, and felt sort of entitled in certain ways. I felt like that shtick that I have about being negative with women that I joke about with, I mean, mm-hmm. dating women with Alyssa is more of a shtick. Like now when I go out, I really try to be present as corny as it sounds and I don't I don't try to sift through those things. Like I said before, like the spinach Mm -hmm. and the tooth, like that's that sort of Larry David neurotic part of me. But like, I've Mm -hmm. genuinely enjoyed these last five or six dates I went on
2: Mm -hmm. and then
3: maybe it doesn't work out. Right. But like, I really enjoyed that time together with that person because I'm almost 40, you know, I'm not, I'm not 29. You know what I mean? And like my intentions now are different than they were when I was younger. Um, And, but it's, it's still, it's still crazy because I would be so curious to know what the statistics are of like people that wind up falling in love and getting married, even if it's for a phase or a stage where they met online.
0: My cousin um, married.
3: Same with me, my cousin too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And
0: then she, uh, he met her online and then my other cousin, his brother, always calls her tinderella
3: (laughs) that's great though i mean like isn't that why isn't that why you do it i would love to know the numbers of like non like i wonder what the unsuccessful rate is do you know what i mean right right it seems like well
1: it has to be high i mean it has to be unbelievably high because i feel like i mean you can can speak on this more than i can because like i've i've never been on this app and me and ryan always talk about like or using Instagram for dating, like, what would our... Well, that's interesting, actually, because I never thought about Instagram being a fucking dating site. So when me and Ron are like, I wonder if we had Tinders, like, what would we even put? Would we swipe right on each other? Da, da, da. Well, we could just look at our Instagram to see what the, the shit that we would post on our Well, the, Well, the,
3: the tricky thing that men do, especially men, is that they, like I said before, they'll use Instagram as this sort of... Remember that article I sent you about soft boys? There's a whole... Yes. There's a, There's a beautifully, Molly, you have to read this beautifully written, hilarious article in Vice. This English um, writer, I forgot her name. Mm -hmm. She wrote about different categories of like DM sliders and like (laughs) manipulative men. They're so good. I'm
1: so mad I didn't send it to you.
3: And and I'm not, you know, like I have been that. So I can Mm -hmm. speak in full disclosure about how men sometimes try to engage with women in Instagram because it's not a dating site. So they think they could kind of slide in like. Like I said before, like, yo, like, you know, right? That's, that song you posted well, is so dope. You have such a good voice. I'm in a <laughs> yeah. band.
0: Honestly, I have to say, too, like, because that's very real and that happens all the time. But I feel like there's a lot of women, myself included, because I get messages like that, like, all the time. And I, like it's so transparent to me. Like I, I even, it's not like, I mean, I know, I know there are definitely women who are like, Oh wow, that's so sweet. And then, oh, then like he asks her out eventually or something, or he makes some lewd comment. you like, oh, what? I did not see that coming. But I think a lot of women do because we also deal with it when we walk to our cars and like when we walk down the street, like that stuff is like normal. And so I think a lot of times men, it is manipulative behavior, but I think that they think that they're manipulating women when necessarily it's like you, or you, or they think they're getting away with something when it's like, dude, I, I've never met you. You live across the country. I know you're not just messaging me to ask about like, well, you know, it's very transparent, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so it's manipulative behavior. It's, a great it's almost point. like they think it's like trickery, but at the same time, if if I engage in it, it's because I well, for me personally, like if I engage with the man who does that, it would be, be knowing what he's doing. It's not this like, oh, how nice he offered to like send me a beat for free. What?
2: <laughs> well, it's you like when,
1: it when someone slides into your DM, is that just like a virtual cat call? Like when does it become like an actual genuine wanting to reach out or if it's just a virtual cat call? Like how well, do you actually sift through that?
3: You, it, For me, it's well... I mean, I wish girls slid into my DMs. I don't have anybody. <laughs> you and Ryan slide into my DMs.
1: Um, at Joey. Wait, what's your no, Instagram? Stop.
3: At, at, jo- at Joey Palestina. I'm 39. I'm at Joey Palestina
1: is 39, single and right in no, a mingle.
3: But, but I think that it's a good point, like what you and, and Molly make, and it intimidates me sometimes, which is why I've sort of <laughs> moved towards avoidance sometimes, because I'm like, in real life, because of this bullshit engagement fake engagement on instagram or online or online dating like like if there's a girl i'd like that's a waitress at a local cafe Mm -hmm. this isn't let's Mm. say it's let's say this Mm -hmm. is a true story
1: and like (laughs) sounds familiar joe
2: yeah
3: well no it's like all right so she's really nice and i'm a decently nice guy too decently i don't think that's a word but like she'll she'll come over and like I'll order a coffee, we'll laugh. And like, she has a little extra smirk, but like she goes about her day. She's very busy. And like, I don't know what it is about this thing. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like, say it. you know, like, well, it's like, okay, let me, let me go to like the, the cafe's Instagram page and le- <laughs> seriously. And then let me see if I could find her name through her followers, because I'm too scared to be like, Hey, are you single would you like to go out for a cup of coffee so i don't know i think that there's i don't know what happened yeah. for me where i i feel uncomfortable doing that
0: well i think that's because of online online everyone's used to interacting without having to really interact
3: yeah and well, i guess so i have like... a question for you two ladies
2: it's like well
0: no before you go on like also say the issue of that story joe well, that...
3: i
1: think it's also it's just like when they're too young too.
3: She's not too young. <laughs> she's she looks like she's. She 29. is
0: thirteen.
1: No, 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 no. no. She no. looks like she's
3: she's twenty eight or twenty nine because she's been Lo- there for a long that's time. Fair. Lies, the lies. No. Listen,
0: Listen, I'm all for dating older. You know that.
3: Thank you, and, and 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 that's for another that's for another podcast. We can talk about this.
2: True.
3: Because my mom says that I could date younger women, not young, young, but. 25 Mm -hmm. and ups, and if my mother says that that's
0: that's cute my mom says i can
3: (laughs) yeah my a lot of the older women in my life like my aunts like they have no they're like date whoever you want they just want me to date somebody (laughs) at this point like it's like that my (laughs) mom thinks i'm like fucking lars and the real girl like i'm just gonna bring over a fucking mannequin (laughs) and put a wig on her and fucking but i think that Molly, that's a good point what you said i think it's because it's so much easier bless you to to like Coffee. message somebody or say hello and like have mm-hmm. that barrier up because of that fear of rejection mm-hmm. whereas I should really just be like a, a adult and be like hey like are you single but then I think in my head like especially in 2020 is that appropriate right, to say right, like right. for guidelines for women like what I is think
2: appropriate it's
0: honestly when I've had men say something like super respectful even if it's straightforward and just say like like I, I was walking out of the grocery store a while back and some guy like came out behind me, but he, he wasn't like right up next to me. He stayed like a little, you know, he wasn't like, hi, well, but he was like, hi, I, I saw you in there. I just, I, am sorry. I think you're really beautiful. And I don't know if you're single, but if, if you are, then would you like to, like he really put himself out there and I understand that that takes a lot of guts for anybody. And I have a lot of respect for anybody who does that, um, like in a, in a respectful way. And so, and I just told him at the time, I was like, I I actually am seeing somebody, but thank you so much. Like, I, I really appreciate you saying that. And I think that women too need to, we do have our guard up a lot and we do put off like fuck, fuck you vibes a lot. And when men might think like, whoa, that wasn't necessary. It's because we are used to having to do that because when I walk like I said, I walked my car I'll probably maybe one to two times in the two block walk. I'm going to have to like put my guard up for something, whether it's just ignoring something, put my head down, turn away, or shoot a comment back always. So a lot of good guys get the shaft because they're just like trying to be thoughtful and women are like seemingly rude. Like you try to hold the door open and they give you a weird look and it's like, Oh geez, sorry. But I, (laughs) I have to say that like, and that's why a lot of women do that. But also I think it is on women. A lot of us need to, when a man is respectful and says something like, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, are you single? I actually think it shows respect because you're not assuming you can just get a date. Oh, okay. You know, I think it's very like mm. you are, you are wanting to know you're wanting to ask that question before you go in and like flirt or Shoot hit your on her. You're. it's respect I think. And I think women need to make a practice of if you are approached respectfully, like, I don't care how uninterested you are, like honor the fact that he did that like an adult, like a man to your face and was kind about it. And so that's on us too, to like when you are approached respectfully, be respectful back. My personal, see if you agree, Alyssa, I don't think saying, are you single? I don't think that's offensive. I don't know, I'm thinking about it. <clears throat> I, I, I think, I don't
1: know. I, I think it's hard because I also don't want to make a generalization of our sex of being like, uh, you know, of telling them, what to accept if they don't want to accept it then fuck it let's move on but there is something to that of someone putting themselves out there and 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 picking up what they're putting down in and and being respectful if you're turning them down being respectful of it
0: because i don't think that it's telling women what to accept it's like if you don't think that he was respectful or you don't like how he said it you don't have to be like thank you. I'm no. I'm only saying like when <laughs> when somebody approaches like you're talking about doing Joey just like yeah. Hey, I don't know if you're single or even if you like. I just think that's a very respectful thing to ask first because otherwise it's like when guys are like hey let me take you out sometime it's like okay do I just not have a, a life outside of it do you want to <laughs> like there are questions you would want to know before you ask somebody. You else.
3: know what's you know what's interesting about about that the way you said it makes me think of something of like you have women and and I've, I've said this to people before, like you've have experienced this type of um, mass trauma for years and years, like people kind of discard this. Right. And I'm not just saying this to be the good guy, but it's like getting Mm cat called, you know, like I I watched my mother when I was younger, you know, this happened to my mother in front of me and then my, you know, something, (laughs) it was addressed, Yeah. you know, but, but, um, (laughs) um, it, uh, it kind of made me think about something and, and, and it's kind of like, I guess it makes sense that you're obviously it makes sense that your guard is always up because you're always used to eight times out of 10, it's going to be a scumbag and a fucking creep yeah. either, either through a DM, either through a dating site, either, you know, while you're walking to your car with your groceries. And it's mm-hmm. like what you said, Molly, it's like, well, what makes you think that like, like I would be interested, you know what I mean? Like I'm it's just amazing. available
0: for anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And, well, and, and and the only time that straight men have ever experienced a smidgen of that, and it's not, at least for me, and it's nothing compared to what women experience is when I get hit on by a gay guy. Like I've had to, <laughs> right. I've had to establish boundaries with gay men <clears> because, <throat> because men are men. Yeah. You're right. Gay or, gay or straight men want to get laid. Yeah, you know what I mean, and I have you know some gay friends that are very transparent. You know, I see mm-hmm. them kind of go after it and hit on another guy, and they'll be respectful and give them their number. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that motherfucker's a dude. No, yeah. no matter if he's gay <laughs> or straight, that motherfucker's right. a dude. You know, <clears throat> and, and so it's yeah. like, I guess that yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's good yeah, advice. Yeah, and
0: it's interesting because I have found myself. I my dad is. I have the best relationship with my dad in the world, and. There are times when I'm like walking down the street, and you know, as a woman, Alyssa, too, like when you're walking down the street, even if it's like one block away, you see, you already scope out, you know who's walking, you're gonna have to call oh, this guy. And I find myself like, honestly, I, I find myself like assuming, and, and that bothers me. And so I, <clears> I remember in particular this one time, I was like, Molly, like, why are you such a fucking pessimist? This could be a sweet. Oh, what if this was your dad? There's so many men in the world that are like your dad. He was like an older man. Yeah. He was like, he was an older man. And and I was like, like, fuck. And I was just sick of assuming the worst of men that I pass on the street, to be honest. And like, I am in. it doesn't matter if I'm in sweatpants, it doesn't matter. I'm just like, I'm used to that. And I was sick of my pessimism. So I, the one time I told my dad this too, I was like, you know what? No, because a lot of times the guys will just say, they say, hi, how are you? And you say, and you're like, oh, okay, hi. And then the next thing out of their mouth is inappropriate. And so you can't even, anyway, this guy's approaching, he's walking up. And I was like, this could be just like my dad. And so he comes up and he he just says hi. He like kind of looks up briefly, says hi. And I said, I'm like, yeah, okay. And I was like, hi. And <laughs> looked him in the eye and then walked past, took two steps. And he's like... He's like, yeah, bitch, I'd like to fuck that. Like, just start saying shit. And he's like a 60-something-year-old, like, man just walking down the street by himself, just said hello to me. I looked him in the eye and said hello. And in that moment, I was like, this, this is why. The one time I decide to, like, greet somebody, greet a man on the street that does that with eye contact and grace and, like, politeness and humanity is, uh, well— i learned my lesson like yeah that makes
3: sense that you're like that you know and it's like i think that for me and i've said this to Alyssa before i've always been like um i i can get crushes easily on like bartenders and waitresses mm-hmm. or like people that work in cafes because i get to see them every day and i get to know them slowly and like yeah. i feel like and i feel like it's important for me to kind of try to connect but then the sick thing i do is <laughs> i just Obsess about it in my head of like a story of like me and her and like going to the uh, Carpathos Greek island and like we're drinking coffee and like, you know I'm eating sardines off her head Maybe not her head, but anyway Keep going and like and then you know like all this stuff comes up in my fucking head and then I get there and I'm like "Uh, Can I get a medium coffee and then I just leave? And so like, that's not healthy.
0: (laughs) But you know what I think is interesting for, it's interesting to hear that because that's a stereotype that's often put on to women, probably because a lot of women do that, is like, you know, that's, but that's a stereotypical like, you know, in movies where it's like, oh, she's already picturing their vacation together and already picked, like just dramatizing stuff in your head. Mm -hmm. I think it's really endearing that men do the
3: same thing. And I just, I'd like to try to break that, That barrier of being Mm -hmm, like, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, are you single? And then, and then I don't know what it is. Like we, we appear like we're so confident, especially online, but in the end, like we're so fragile and like that fear of rejection is so cohesive for everybody, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, our culture now. And it's like, I have to kind of break through that, especially in this time now where I feel very confident in my intentions and what I want, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, it's like how many times am I gonna go get the fucking coffee at this at this, at this fucking <laughs> I don't have the shop without her this. being like, "Okay, like I know you like the cafe con leche, Joey, but <laughs> just ask me for my number or get lost."
2: <laughs> right?
1: Do, I mean, you say it doesn't happen like girls don't slide into your DMs, but I'm curious like, in <clears throat> women approaching you and like hitting on you and well, like how that usually goes because like I remember when I was younger and I was single like. I usually made first moves. I usually would come up to the guy first.
3: I feel like sort of another thing. I think one of the questions you had that I I liked about celibacy and millennials being celibate or not Mm -hmm. being celibate is um, I feel also like there's because I know what my intentions are and I'm clear. There's also sort of like a sexual and intimate avoidance that I have where Mm -hmm. like even sometimes if I see somebody hit on me like a woman hit on me. I sort of get avoidant, or I get intimidated, or I get nervous because I've been out of the game a little bit, you know. And I'm gonna as well just say that, but it's been on purpose.
2: Mm -hmm. And
3: I feel stronger here and here than I ever have because of that. Because I'm not just dating incessantly and being promiscuous, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But when women have hit on me, sometimes it's just somebody that I'm not attracted to, of course, you know. Or sometimes, I don't know, it doesn't happen that much. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes girls will leave me their numbers Mm -hmm. as a bartender or a waiter, but that's, like, not that much. And then when it happens, Mm -hmm. you know, you look at your other dumb male friend like, see,
2: look at this.
3: (laughs) Because, like, it it doesn't happen. And then for women, it happens once a fucking day if you're a bartender (laughs) or a waiter. Um,
1: Is it happening more now like in the pandemic like have you gotten any women approaching you first online about because like you said we're all in a a desperate mode
3: I think like men are liars right I think like a lot of my men friends have said like bro like online dating (laughs) it's been crazy man like I'm sleeping with this person like everyone's everyone's so horny everyone's so horny and desperate and I'm like
0: where,
1: <laughs> where is
3: that? I talk to Alyssa and Ryan at two o'clock in the fucking morning every night. Like, where is well, that? Maybe happening?
1: that's, maybe that's, maybe you shouldn't call us anymore.
3: <laughs> well, no, I think what it is in all seriousness. And I had this conversation with Steve, you know, I said to Steve, you know, a couple of the girls that I've been interested in, I said, I don't know what it is, but I kind of get to like this edge. And then I sort of back off. Mm -hmm. and and he says well maybe stop looking at it in a negative way maybe you're at a stage in your life where there are these checkpoints now of things that mean something to you that maybe at another point didn't and Mm. you would sleep with them then or you would engage in in false intentions then i you know i I, i've i've been with women that i blink my eye and i'm like "Eh, after two months you kind of know and then you blink your eye and it's three years or it's four years and mm-hmm. so what are your intentions is my question now. And I, and I think that like, yeah, I got to give myself a little bit more credit for having this sort of checklist now of like getting on that edge or making almost making a decision, but knowing that like, eh, I, the juice ain't worth the the, the squeeze. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm. Um, That's
0: like an exceptional level of self-awareness that I think is really healthy. And I think it leads to truer connections Truer and fewer connections because I think it's like you don't have to, you're more real, you're more real with yourself, and therefore you're more real with them. You don't also, you also don't have the time of day that we all used to have when we were younger for other people's bullshit, let alone our own. And it just becomes this like the less time you have for bullshit, the less people you bring into your life. I think that's a good thing though. I think it's healthy. Mm
3: And I think that the only way that I was able to get here was through all of the things that have happened to me in the past, you know, like mm-hmm. the addictions that I've had, the vices that I've had, the decisions that I've made, especially when your ego's flying high, you know, like I've mm-hmm. had times where my my artistic ego is up, whether I'm curating a lot of art shows, I'm talking to a lot of people, I feel that confidence. Mm-hmm. I feel people sort of penetrating towards me. And so it's a it's a it's an easy time to kind of hook up with somebody or go on Mm -hmm. dates, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And then like, you got to step back and say like, you know, was it worth it? Yeah. Was it worth it for what, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, and, and I guess that I get mad that sometimes, sometimes I, sometimes I get mad that I'm not there anymore because physically I'm longing, right? Like Mm -hmm. I've been celibate for a while now and like, I'm kind of like, all right, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and that's the other perspective, like some friends that I know that are girls, like girlfriends of mine, mm-hmm. think like, well, it's okay sometimes to connect with somebody and to have sex if you're both on the same page and it's consensual. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, but it
0: depends how, you know, how much depth you're looking for. What'd you say? I just said it It depends how much depth you're looking for. Like, yeah, that's okay. It's okay. A lot of things are okay, but not desirable though.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, It's
0: like, I mean, at what point, cause one of our, I kind of in the context of today's world and where society is, we kind of wanted to end with asking you like, what is your ideal romantic situation right now? The way the world is set up mm-hmm. and the way that you're able to interact with people as of now. And after having this conversation with you, like now that where you are internally and who you, in your, you know, your peace of mind and who you are plays a big part in that. So I'm curious, like what you kind of see for the future, what you want for the future.
3: I think um, I want somebody that's, and this is kind of lacked in previous relationships I've been in, which probably was some trauma for me, like looking at all of the women that I've dated, you know, um, I want somebody that's going to be able to empower me. I think empowerment mm-hmm. is is such a important thing that I learned, especially through getting a master's in counseling and working in the inner city, how important it is to build other people up. Mm -hmm. And that for me is the most important thing that I'm looking for. I think in a romantic relationship is somebody that's going to advocate for me, empower me, challenge me. I think sometimes that younger millennials don't do a great job at conflict resolution. I think sometimes (laughs) that's why they avoid relationships is that you need conflict you need to learn through conflict. So finding a partner that I could have conflict with and work through it.
1: I think internet and having an internet, internet addiction, like that's the symptom of it. It exacerbates that. Yeah. And I I also think,
3: I also think, and this was always a struggle for me in previous relationships is an equal sense of autonomy of Mm -hmm. being able to have your own lives. Listen, we know, us three know, like as artists, like This sounds so first world, but it's difficult because you are building your own momentum in addition to building a life with somebody else. Mm -hmm. But you also you also need to have your own life and you are also getting rejected every fucking day, whether you're (sighs) a writer, an actor, a dancer. It doesn't matter. And Mm -hmm. and that's a lot to deal with. So having somebody that that can build that with you, but also somebody that knows that motherfucker, you might have to fly to New York or L.A and do things mm-hmm. on your own is important to me. There has to be a sense of autonomy.
0: Yeah. Like a sense of not too much codependency, but also like a close relationship. You you do become codependent. There's a healthy way to do it and there's an unhealthy way, I guess. So like, yeah, having an separate lives, I think you're right. That's important. And, and,
3: and I think something detrimental before we like exit out that I've done in the past, sometimes with relationships is like that sort of like counselor mentality of feeling like I have to take care of somebody mm. I would never say dating down what I would say is is being attracted to somebody I think
0: that might I think be, you just said well, dating down well no like <laughs> someone
3: that might be weaker or somebody it's that has it. issues that I could fill for them or voids yeah. that they have and that's important being like gaps fixer. that you fill but then you wind up being like I can't be your your counselor you know yeah. I can't be like like we need you this is shit I saw a great Calvin and Hobbes quote uh, I, I will take care of myself for you and you will take care of yourself for me. Mm. And, and I feel like that is the That's most nice. important part of a friendship, like a family that. dynamic and an intimate relationship.
2: That's
0: and, beautiful. Uh, I like yeah. that a lot. And
3: listen, my name is Joey. I'm 39. I'm single. <laughs> I live in Bloomfield. Girls from New York don't like that. I live in Bloomfield. That's why I don't date online. They are a little ego, you know, but, but yeah, you know, I'm a funny guy. With Bloomfield. My favorite movies, Amelie. Oh
0: my gosh, points. That's so cute. You know what I
3: mean, Mo? <laughs> so let me get. A, let me get. A, I'm coming Joey. right out to Los Feliz. We're going to yes. some nice art galleries, and you guys are going to hook me up with somebody Perfect. nice. You yeah. Know? Let's,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I actually have. I actually uh, just now when you said that, I thought of somebody. So well will
1: wait, deal? Oh, no, Mo- I know what I'm
3: here. <laughs> Molly, don't even start because now, as soon as we get off this, I'm in my bed with a notebook. <laughs> well, maybe this girl does this. Maybe she does that. Maybe yeah. we can go to Russia
2: together. Do
0: I exactly? know the girl, Molly? Yes.
2: Oh, Yay! Boy.
0: You've met her. You've met her. But I I really want to say, Joey, that I'm extremely, I'm very glad that you came on. I'm exceptionally impressed. And this is, like, not to knock all men because I love men. I just know that a lot of men have a hard time being as open and transparent as you are in this interview. And it is an extreme, like an extremely beautiful trait and i think that you are an incredible refreshingly honest person and i love i want to have you back on
1: (laughs) yeah we gotta have you back on i said that joe we gotta have you back on maybe with like a girl to have like a little tete-a-tete you know
3: well it's uh i think it's important work what you ladies are doing and just being able to to stay creative and stay artistic and kill and keep building keep doing what you're doing and and like From my perspective, I'm envious and I'm proud of you because it's it it takes a lot of work to do this every week. I don't think people understand what it takes to get guests on and to do things and to (laughs) to curate this and and to keep going. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a it's been a pleasure for me to to talk about it. I'm thank you so
1: much. Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I love you. Can we be friends now too? Yeah, we're and we're all friends on Instagram, which means
0: Just we're, we're me friends into your in real little, life. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> it's not slip real unless the, it's online.
0: The rotation of you calling Ryan and then Alyssa and then add me into there and then it'll be okay. like a whole Okay, cool.
3: Because Ryan's on the rotation where I think he's irritated with me, so it'll be <laughs> you, Molly or it'll be <laughs> okay. Alyssa and then we'll we'll okay, FaceTime cool. and, yeah, and yeah. I'll tell you about I'll tell you about the waitress. You know, I yes. get updates. I'll mm. hook you up with my friend. Maybe what I'll do is I'll FaceTime you while I'm at the luncheonette so you can just walk <laughs> through with no, me. No, right? because that's, could...
1: that's sending mixed signals. Then he's yeah. like, who's that girl he's FaceTiming? No, no, yep. no, no, no,
3: no. I'll put you in my pocket with my earbuds, and then I'll be like, okay, she's <laughs> right oh here. God, wait, and then you'll be funny. like, Molly will be like, okay, just go up and say, are you single? And I'll, yeah. like, it'll be like a...
1: Oh, wait. <laughs> like how cute would this be if you guys ended up dating and... He, and she hears a podcast and it's like, oh, well, I'm so and stupid. Then, well, then Whatever. she dumps
3: me after she hears the podcast. Exactly. And she knows that exactly. Fixated, but you dump her thing. first
0: because she gets spinach in her teeth. So. All right. We
1: love well, you, Joe. Thank love you. Love you,
3: girls. Be well.
0: <laughs> you too. Thank you. Au revoir. Well, thank you again to Joey. That was a very enlightening conversation. I hope you enjoyed the honesty, the candor, and <laughs> the, candor. the
1: the laughs the gaffes yes and the good times uh <laughs> good. thank you again Joey we love ya hopefully we'll have you on again get a little update on your love life on life in general
0: you know oh yes and i also you know let us know what you guys think i think it'd be fun to do on one of our um going rogue episodes a similar type of conversation but with listener questions and like the week before we'd have you guys submit questions and I think it could be fun. Let us know what you think or any random ass topics that you want us to cover for our going rogue episodes.
1: Yeah. Just let us know at the SOS pod. Y'all know where to go. Um, (laughs) and we were trying to think of something to shout out. And because I know those episodes airing at the end of August, but I hope people don't forget about, um, what's going on in Turkey. And we say this because, you know, recently there was a flood of black and white selfies on your Instagram. I'm sure everyone saw it and it's a challenge Mm -hmm. accepted and it's a beautiful thing to see women's, uh, empowerment and everything, but you know, it kind of distracted from the real issue, which was femicide and abuse of women in Turkey. Yeah. So we wanted to shout out an organization called, we will stop femicide. It's an Istanbul based organization that tracks the number of murdered women in Turkey based on news reports and accounts from family members. They keep records and collect, collect data to shed light on femicide facts in Turkey and share it with the public on a monthly basis. They monitor femicide cases in the country and alert the authorities about the relevant developments. Its mission is to stop femicide and ensure protection from violence. It fights against all types of women's rights violations, starting with the violation of right to life. Many women in Turkey who are being abused seek but never receive proper help. Malek Ander of the We Will Stop Femicide Initiative says that Turkish police, the government and state officials must do much more to protect women at risk. She says there were cases where women who were being violently abused asked for help, but nothing happened. So to learn more, visit. um, We're going to link this URL on social media and in our show notes because it's very long. It's in Turkish. It it wouldn't make sense for me to kind of relay that to you right now. So, again, look for it in our show notes. And on social media, it's called We Will Stop Femicide.
0: Yes. Thank you. Um, and please, you guys, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the SOS pod. Um, on YouTube, you can find us SOS with Molly and Alyssa. You can watch our episodes there, um, please, on Apple Podcasts, or if you listen, please leave a review and rate are you know five stars preferably (laughs) please but um it truly truly helps us we are a baby brand new podcast and we're trying to grow so help us help us thank you and here's to turning meltdowns into magic